Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Perky Avos podcast, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. For this week's Mishnah, we begin with chapter five, Mishnah three. Perek Hey, Mishnah Gimel. Asaradoros Minoach Varavram. There were 10 generations from Noah, from Noah to Avraham, Abraham. Lahodia Kama Erech Apayam Lafanov to show the degree of his patience. When it's referring to his, it's referring to God. For all those generations angered him increasingly. Until Avram Avinu comes, came, and received all of their reward. So the Mishnah is telling us there were 10 generations from Noah to Avram Avinu. And again, we, we see in these 10 generations God's patience. And it seems like the people were not doing the correct thing. And then what happened? Avram Avinu comes. He's on, he's on such a high level that he's able to save the whole generation and take all the reward. It's interesting to contrast this with the last Mishnah in Mishnah Bays, Mishnah 2, where we see that the generations were constantly getting God, that God was waiting for the generations to repent, but they didn't repent. And eventually got it to bring the Mabel, the flood. And only Noah and his family were saved. But if you compare that with this Mishnah, it's a different ending. Avram Avinu comes, he does what he's supposed to do, and he takes the reward from everyone. He takes everyone's reward and he saves everybody. So what's going on over here? How do we deal with this Mishnah? How do we understand it? Now, the first thing you might think that this Mishnah shows us is that if someone gives you a warning and you don't do what you're supposed to do, and then they have to punish you, you get punished for some way, you get a fine, and then you come back to the judge a few months later with the same infringement, do you think that judge is going to be lenient on you? Or do you even think that that judge will have patience for you? Probably not. Probably he'll just say, I gave you a warning once. You should have learned your lesson. That's it. I'm done with you. But Hashem doesn't work like that. Even though Hashem, he had to punish the first 10 generations for not doing what they're supposed to do, be doing. And he let everybody restart again. And it seemed like the people didn't learn their lesson. They kept going in their evil ways. Hashem still was patient. He didn't lose his patience. He still gave the people time to do teshuva, to repent. And this is actually how God is different from Basar Vadam, which is flesh and blood. God is different than us. And part of our job on this world is always to try to emulate Hashem. The halachta bidrachov, to walk in the ways of God. Sometimes maybe we'll have somebody, we're, we, we're dealing with them, and they keep doing the same thing. Do we give them that second shot? I think this Mishnah gives us an insight into this, that obviously you don't have to be taken advantage of, 
but we should try to get be compassionate, just like God's compassionate. We should be patient, just like God is patient, to the best of our abilities, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to walk in the ways of God and emulate him. And on a side note, that's why a lot of things in this world are set up to mirror our relationship to Hashem. I'll give one quick example. Because when we, when we see how things in the world mirror the ways of Hashem, it'll hopefully teach us and give us a lesson to also walk in the ways to follow God's way. One example is that a child, better, an infant. An infant is totally dependent upon its mother and father. A human being I'm talking about. A human infant is totally dependent upon its mother and father. Now, if you contrast that with other, with animals in the animal kingdom, an animal is born, and within a few hours, the animal is already walking and doing, taking care of a lot of its needs by itself. But a human, it's not like that. A child is totally dependent upon its parents. This is one example how our relationship with our child, children, relates to our relationship with Hashem. Because if we think about it, just like that child is totally dependent upon the parent for its survival, that's how we are with our relationship with Hashem, with God. If God doesn't sustain us, even for one moment, we're done. We can't exist. That's just one example of how things in this world are set up to mirror our relationship with Hashem. And this is just another idea. This is, we could see this from our Mishnah as well, because we can learn from this Mishnah that even though we, our natural inclination would be is not to have patience, not to give someone a second chance, we should push ourselves to do so because that's what Hashem does. And we should do our best to, to, to be like that. Again, you don't have to, there's a time and place for everything. There's a time and place for every emotion. But at the same time, we should do our best to be to walk in the ways of Hashem. So let's continue in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that Hashem waited for 10 generations and then Avram, they're doing, the people were doing evil. They weren't listening to what Hashem had to say. They, they were not doing the correct things. And Hashem waited. He waited and he waited. And we discussed last week why Hashem waits. That's a separate conversation. And it came to a point after 10 generations that Avram Avinu came. Avram Avinu, Abraham, recognized God. He recognized that there was a creator. And he didn't just keep it to himself. He tried to tell, he didn't try, he told the world about it. He stood up for his beliefs. And he risked his life for it. He was on such a level that he was able to make up for what the, the whole generation was lacking. And because of that, he saved his generation and the subs- subsequent generations and received their award. There's a concept 
that if people are supposed, this is just good to know. If people are supposed to be doing something and you stand up to do the correct thing, to do what's right, even if it's not fashionable and it's not in style, you get their reward. If everyone's supposed to be doing mitzvos, which everyone's supposed to be doing, and not everyone's doing it, and you come and you get up and you push yourself to do those mitzvahs, to do those good deeds, you get the reward of all the people who didn't do it, plus your reward. And that's what Avram Avina did. He's, he got everyone's reward. Now, there's another idea which I want to bring out from this Mishnah. And it really fits in well with the last, Mish- with the last Mishnah. We see the last Mishnah that God waited, people weren't doing correctly. God waited, and it ended with the flood. Now, the 10 generations after that, again, God waited, but it ended differently. It ended with Avram Avinu coming in and saving the day. Now, everyone should know that there's two scenarios how every situation can play itself out in. And we have the ability to determine how we want the situation to end to a certain degree. I'm going to say a story that ho- that'll hopefully bring out this point. One of my rabbis who lives in Israel, he was once he used to have a car, and at that time it wasn't so common to have a car. I mean, not everyone had cars. So he would try to give people rides whenever he could to different places with his car. It's a mitzvah. It's a, it's a good deed to give someone a ride, chesed, if you're able to do it, kindness. And one day he sees a man, he needs a ride, he pulls over, and he says, where are you going? And the man's a little bit ev- evasive. He just says, drop me off by this intersection and I'll get to the rest myself. And after pushing him a little bit, you know, telling him, I really want to take you, I really want to take you to the destination. It's really, that's what I like to do. He finally got it out of him that he was going to Hadassah Hospital. And for those of you who are familiar with Yerushalayim, with Jerusalem, you know that Hadassah Hospital is out in the boondocks. It's, in the, it's on the edge of Jerusalem. It's far out. This guy felt bad. He didn't want to, he didn't want to trouble my rabbi to, to go out of his way. So he told him as follows. My rabbi told him as follows. He says, in heaven, it was decreed on Rosh Hashanah. How many times I'm going to have to go to a hospital this year? Let me use up one of those times giving you a ride. Imagine that. Think about it. He said, let me use up one of the times that God has decreed that I should go to a hospital to give you a ride. What does that mean? That means that we have the ability to determine how we want the end result to look like. On Rosh Hashanah, you're right. God decrees what's going to be that year. But we have the ability to control our destiny to a certain extent. We can visit a hospital to visit sick people we can give someone a ride to the hospital and use up those um, visits to the hospital in a positive way. Or God forbid, there could be other ways of us ending up in a hospital. 
So to a certain extent, it's in our hands to determine how we want the situation to end, how, how we want our 10 visits to the hospital to be this year. And you could really apply this idea to any part of our lives. If there's a certain amount of challenge we should have this year, a certain amount of pain, we have a, the ability to use that challenge or that pain up in a positive way. What do I mean? I mean that when we push ourselves and challenge ourselves to do good things, to learn Torah, to do mitzvot, even when it's not easy for us, it sort of, it pains us. It doesn't pain us in a bad way, but it's, it's hard for us. So when we do that, we're using up that pain, that pain allotment for good things. But if God forbid, we don't use this, this amount of challenge or this, this quota of, of pain for good things, God forbid, it comes out in a negative way. And God gets what he wants to get at the end of the day. But we have the ability to determine how things should come out. And I really believe that these two Mishnahs really portray the, this idea. Because the first, last week's Mishnah, where we showed how God was patient and he waited and waited and waited, but eventually he could wait no longer and had to give out the punishment. And that's why he had to bring the flood. But at the same time, this Mishnah, Mishnah Gimel, Mishnah 3, where God waited and waited and waited, but it turned out differently. Avram Avinu comes, does what has to be done, and saves everybody. So just to finish with this thought is that it's important for us to remember that our destiny is in our hands. And you're right, things are determined on, you, on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. God does judge us, but it's the raw materials. And he gives over that raw materials to us to use throughout the year to determine how are we going to use it. Are we going to use it for good things, for visits to the hospital, for using up our paint, for painting ourselves to, to grow in Judaism, pushing ourselves to do good, or God forbid other ways. And it's an important concept to think because it, it gives us a new outlook when we have challenge or it's not so easy to do something good. Maybe we won't give up as fast. We'll push ourselves a little bit more than we think we could. We'll just do it, push ourselves a little bit more and we'll see if we could do it. And that's this Mishnah and the last Mishnah. Another point which I wanted to bring out here from this Mishnah, another thought, is the importance of living next to Torah scholars and living next to people who study Torah. And if you're not in, the, in a position or you're not in a place where you have Torah scholars or a synagogue, you could a person could support Torah scholars and still have this merit. So how is this connection to our Mishnah? What's the connection to from this Mishnah about Abraham, about Avram Avinu, to living next to Torah scholars or living next to a, living next to a Torah institution or a synagogue, or for those people who do not live next to a shul or, or Torah scholars, supporting Torah scholars and Torah study. 
What's the connection? We see from Avram Avinu that he had the ability to save the entire generation. Meaning his doing what he was supposed to do didn't just give himself reward. His merit protected everybody in the entire generation. Not just him, but everybody in the whole world. He had such a merit in his to- for his, his good deeds and Torah study that he was able to protect everybody. The Torah brings down the story of Lot and Avram Avinu, where Lot is living in the city of Sodom. And Avram is tasked with the mission of saving Lot. God tells Avram Avinu, Abraham, that he has to destroy the city because they're doing sins and evil, evil things. And there's an interesting back and forth in the Chumash, in the Torah, between God and Avram Avinu, between God and Abraham. And Avra, Abraham, Abraham is begging God if there's 50 good people, if there's 40 good people, save the city. If there's 30 good people, save the city. And he goes all the way down till 10. If there's 10 good cities, save the people. And God tells him there's not even 10 people. We see that there's a certain merit when someone's studying Torah. The more people is a more of a merit. Because of his, his chusim, his merits, he was able to save everyone from destruction because they were not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And this really is a thought. This ties into our idea over here because when we live next to Torah scholars, it, it gives us a certain level of protection. It gives us success, protection, many good things. And even a synagogue, or any Torah institution, a school where they study Torah, these places where people are studying the word of God protects us and everybody around us and even gives the place where we live a certain level of success that it wouldn't necessarily have. For people who don't have that ability just for whatever reason, they're in a situation where there's no Torah scholars around, or there's no synagogue around, or there's no Torah institution around, you have the ability to support Torah scholars, to support Torah institutions, becoming a partner by giving, by financially supporting an organization. And this is just an idea we see from the Mishnah. And it's really, to just finish it, the idea is that we know in the Shemona Esrei prayer, we say al hatzadikim, al hatzadikim, al chasidim, al zikneim, chabes Yisrael, al afli tasofreim, al giri atzedek yamu rachamecha alenu. Saints of Chartayv Chab Boichem Shem Rames. I gotta get a sitter. I want to. I don't want to misquote. One second. We say in the Shmona Esrei player in the Amida, a special blessing for the righteous. Goes as follows: al hatzadikim, al chasidim. On the righteous and on the devout, and on the elders of your people, and the on the remnant of their scholars, on the righteous converts, on the righteous converts, and ourselves, your righteous, your may your compassion be aroused, Hashem our God, and give goodly reward to all. Who, who sincerely believe in your name. 
Put our lot with them forever. And we will not feel ashamed, for we trust in you. Blessed are you, Hashem, support and assurance of the righteous. Now, if you look in this prayer a little more closely, you'll notice we're trying to put ourselves with the righteous people. We want to put ourselves with the tzaddikim. We say, put our lot with them. We want to be together with them because when we're together with the righteous, it has an effect on us as well. We get, meaning if they get a reward, we're going to get part of that reward as well. If they're going to get saved, we're going to get saved as well. And that's this Mishnah because we see from Avram Avinu that he was able to save his entire generation. So it gives us the importance of being next to Torah scholars and and also, even for ourselves, I, I want to take this one step. Forget about even living next to Torah scholars. It's about studying Torah ourselves. When we study Torah and do what we're supposed to do, that in itself is a tremendous protection, even if you don't consider yourself a Torah scholar. Because when we do what we're supposed to be doing, that's the ultimate protection. We learn Torah, we, we do mitzvot, that's the best. And especially the more the merrier, if we're able to be next to a show, we're able to be next to Torah scholars, it only helps and increases the protection and success. So just to do a review our Mishnah for this week, we learned, number one, emulating God, to walk in the ways of God. God is patient, we should be patient. And how the creation mirrors this relationship, our relationship with Hashem. And it's supposed to inspire us to live our lives in this way as well. Number two, every situation has two ways it can end. And when God decrees in Yom, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, what's going to be for the year? It's only the raw materials, but our destiny is in our own hands. We have the ability, we have the ability to determine how we want a situation to come out, for the good, or God forbid it can come out another way. And that's we see that from, from the contrast between the last Mishnah and Mishnah 2 to this Mishnah, Mishnah 3. And the last idea for, for this week is the importance of living next to a Torah scholar, living next to a Torah institution, supporting Torah organizations, and even more than that is studying Torah ourselves because of the protection and success it gives all of us. And we saw that from numerous places, from the Torah, from the story of Lot and Avram Avinu, and from the prayer that we say in Shemona Esri, in the Amidah, three times away, where we, we ask God to put our lot with the righteous so we should be protected, we should be saved, we should get good reward, and so on and so forth. So that is going to do it for this week's Mishnah on the Pirkei Avos podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. Please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomokon at gmail.com. Have a great day.